This is the IC Pixels podcast with David and Anthony Cavins. We're going to talk about design in everyday situations. episode of the IC Pixels podcast. This is David. This is Anthony. And uh, this week, um, we are going to talk a little bit about e-commerce and websites and things like that. Um, the reason why I thought we should talk about this is uh, I got an email from someone. I've gotten several emails like this over the years, but I got an email somewhat recently from someone asking about like they wanted to set up e-commerce, wanted to sell something on their website. And um, they already kind of thought they had an idea of how things worked and what they wanted to do. And it made me think of, I wish, like, I wish people would have asked, would ask more questions before they uh, like went down the path of doing e-commerce or at least think things through. So I wanted to talk about something like, from our experience, some of the things we recommend that people think about and plan for when they want to do e-commerce, uh, because, uh, yeah, I've had, I've had some issues. I mean, most of the issues didn't impact me directly because, you know, I was just providing a service, but a lot of clients I work with and stuff like that have had problems with e-commerce, be it, well, just all kinds of different problems. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. What would you say um, would be some of the common misconceptions about e-commerce? Um, I mean, uh, the first one for me that comes to mind is that because it's on the internet, people are going to buy your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a big misconception. I would say one that I run into a lot, aside from that one, because that's probably the biggest one I've run into also is like, if I build it, they will come. That doesn't happen. The one I yeah. ran into a lot also was... Um, that it's really comp so there's two sides of it either they think it's really really complicated to do e-commerce and it's going to cost them like millions of dollars to do it or they think it's super super simple and all i got to do is have a website and both of those are wrong as well um because i've had people that were just like well i want to sell stuff but it's too complicated and i don't have the money to pay for it so i'm not gonna worry about it no it's not that it doesn't have to be that expensive depending on what you want and then i've had people who were like wanted like a complex e-commerce solution that could, you know, do coupon codes and bundled items and different shipping levels and all kinds of complicated stuff. And they were like, yeah, well I have $500. That's my budget. And it's like, (laughs) Nope, sorry. You you can't have that for that. Yeah. I mean, there's tools that you can use to simplify some of those things, but like, Yeah, yeah. But even with tools, there's a, well, the other part of it was like, they so the other misconception i think number three i would think of is like that all you need is like products and prices and maybe a picture of your product because mm-hmm. some of the people i've come to they were just poorly informed in general and i wish this is like where i was talking about at the beginning i would wish that they had come and said hey i'm thinking about e-commerce what do i need to get ready to do it instead yeah. they were like i want e-commerce i have some money let's get started i need it by next week and I'm like, well, I don't know if I can help you because a lot of yeah. times some of the people I've worked with, like, let's say some of them were selling T-shirts. So let's say they're selling T-shirts. They may have one photo of a T-shirt 
or they have a fo uh, stock photo of a t-shirt and they want me to Photoshop whatever their design is onto that t-shirt. Oh, that's terrible. Yep. Like, they won't know that's... what their shipping rates are and who they want to ship to or anything like that. They won't have sales tax planned out. They won't have product Why don't they have product, like, on hand? I don't know. Well, these are just... So, this is an example of someone that I would uh, <laughs> not choo choose not to work with because it's like, you're not prepared to no. do this. They'll never be happy because they're going to put it up there and then be miserable because it's not selling. And I don't know. It just seems like somebody that's going to blame all the problems. All the they're going to blame their failures on you. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that happen. Yeah. So now I'm I. Uh, that's one of the things. Like so, I guess what are what are some things you tell people when they ask for e-commerce sites? Like what type of preparation would you tell someone to 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 do before they begin? I mean. You know, have a product, have good photos of it. You know who your, know who your audience is, and like you know, have good product descriptions. Um, I mean, it all goes into your branding and everything. But know who you're, you know, know what know what it is. Be able to explain it to people quickly so that they can go to. Especially if it's a new product, if you're selling a shirt. We already know what that's for. Mm. But I mean, but still, why should I buy your shirt? Yeah, what's your shirt made out of? You know, is it, you know, Gildan or I mean, is it like the, you know, higher quality Gildan? You know? <laughs> or is it uh, bankrupt American out evil American Outfitters or whatever that uh, American, American apparel. apparel? Yeah, I don't know why I'm saying yeah. American Outfitters. Well, they had nice quality shirts, though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they have a, if it's made by them, then yeah, I would buy it. But yeah, I mean, I, I mean, these are things you need to know and things that people should think about, like, you know, when you go to put it up. Well, that's one thing. So, um I was working with someone recently and we talked about like, you got to know your audience, obviously. Um, yeah. And if you know your audience, you can gauge whether they're even interested in what you're selling. Cause I think some people are like, well, I'm just going to sell stuff and people are going to want it, but they don't, yeah. they don't know who their audience is for their brand in general. And then they really don't know who their audience is like that subset of their audience that would be willing to spend money with them. So they're putting mm -hmm. out products that no one really wants at all. Um, maybe they're designed poorly or whatever. So I think it's a good idea to make sure you have a strong audience before you before make that you, investment. Yeah. And then also make sure you, you're familiar with audience. So like you were talking about the type of shirts, like if you're dealing with a crowd that does not care about like quality or organic, uh, wheatgrass type stuff, like they're not into like that whole <laughs> conservation, like lemongrass shirts. Like they're not into that. They don't care where the shirt was made or who made it or how it was made. Yeah. Then you can sell them the Hanes that you got at Walmart and screen printed on or ironed a little iron on one. But if you're going for the the Starbucks crowd, the the Whole yeah. Foods crowd or whatever, then you need to sell our organic, like <laughs> safely sourced shirt you know, low carb or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You need to know your audience yeah. or what they're, what they expect. Like, I mean, you know, you know, would you buy this from somebody? You know, you got to think about that. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're somebody that just likes basic stuff, then like that, then I mean, you know, maybe, you know, your audience, but you know, like I know me personally. Yeah. I would want to know that stuff. I mean, I don't go to Starbucks that often, but I like stuff that I like good quality stuff. So, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, if it's a shirt I like, I want it to last. I don't want it to be one of those one wash and then it, it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, one thing I just thought about, one thing I've suggested to people is, well, I have a, one of my clients that 
um, is a fashion designer. I mean, she has stuff on Etsy, um, and she's wanting to in the future. Yeah, she's growing to move into a more um, like a legit, I guess, e-commerce site. Yeah, yeah, she would like to move into that. Um, but right now, she's using Etsy, and I mean, and I've suggested to people. I mean, not as they, like she's like basic or whatever, but like for other people, if it's like this is something that you're just getting into, you're trying out. I mean, there's a lot of free tools out there that you can use, like Etsy, like if you're making a product or something like that and you just want to put it up eBay. there and sell to people. Yeah, eBay, all of those. Or you can use, I mean, if you're making T-shirts, like there's a lot of sites where you can do that where you don't have to stock up on, you know, product. Right. You can just, I mean, our site, our shirts are like that because I'm not, you know, I mean, it's that's not our goal is to be a T-shirt company. We want to offer some T-shirts, like with designs on it, but that's not our goal to sell T-shirts. So it's like I'm not going to have like a stock of product on hand where I can have these quality shirts that work pretty well. So you got gunshots in the background. That did sound like gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hopefully you survive to the end of this podcast. I think that's another thing. I would recommend people do, like you said, plan ahead and maybe do a test run on a smaller, freer, cheaper platform. And then when your audience and your sales justify it, go to a bigger platform. Um, yeah. I think it all kind of goes in together because uh, I've had people that we keep talking about T-shirts, but I guess a lot of people try and t- sell T-shirts these days. But I work with somebody who bought a bunch of T-shirts that they thought were going to sell. And then I set up a site for them. And, you know, there were other issues in the process, but basically the shirts didn't sell and Mm. they were sitting on inventory that they can't move that I think it even had a year or a date on it as well. So it was time sensitive and it was like, well, if you talked to me before, um, I could have given you some some suggestions on ways you could have done it so that your shirts are printed on demand. It cuts into your profit, obviously, because um, if I go to Ray Ray's T-shirt shop, I can get a bunch of Gildan shirts for dirt cheap and I can get them printed cheap and they'll look decent. And then shipping, I just got to deal with shipping and selling them. But if I go through like a cafe press or threadless or, you know, all the other variations of that, you lose some profit, but you don't have to sit on inventory, which is not good. Yeah. And you're mostly, you know, if you really invest in the marketing and everything, then you can move those products and, yeah you know it's a it's, it's a uh, a little of a lot or a lot of a little that type of situation yeah. yeah well i guess the other thing um i would tell somebody who's planning would be to think about well obviously like we talked about profits and all that stuff but i would think say think about profit margins and shipping and coupons and all that type of stuff like if you are these even things you want to offer um where do you want to ship to how much does that shipping cost? How much does your item weigh, uh, or whatever yeah. items you're shipping weigh? Or if it's if it's a not not a physical good, then cool, that's easy. But um, shipping is a very important thing to think about because if you have if your audience again, it goes back to your audience. If your audience is overseas and you need to ship to them, then it's going to cost a whole lot more, and you're going to have to factor that into the cost of your product one way or another. Because some people will be turned off, like oh, it's fifty dollars to ship it. I'm not paying $50 to get a a $10 t-shirt or whatever. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I see that on Amazon sometimes or other places. It's like, oh, this is really cheap. And then the print, you get the shipping and it's like $16,000. Never mind. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I'm not super cost sensitive, price sensitive, but shipping will make me fall back on a lot of stuff. 
because yeah, I noticed it. They're they're little like you'll see it on eBay. I've noticed there a lot. You'll see something like the shirt is ninety nine cents with fifteen dollars shipping, and it's like well I know it doesn't cost that much to ship it, but they're making their money off the shipping and not the actual price of the item. So yeah, yeah th- those are all things you have to think about. Um, That's why if it's not on Amazon Prime, I ain't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I need that. I need that that free two day shipping has spoiled me. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the other thing. Um, one of the other things to think about would be like alternatives. Because mm. um, for some products, there's if there's an alternative that I can buy like from a major retailer where I can use coupons or I can get free shipping or I have like Amazon Prime type of situation, then why would I buy it from you? Unless it's, you know, obviously if it's some personalized thing that you can only get there, that makes sense. But yeah. if there's alternatives, then it's hard to make yourself competitive. Even if it's like, uh, I work with someone who did a children's book and they were selling it on their site. And, you know, the marketing was not amazing. I didn't do the marketing, by the way, let me point that out. But the marketing was not amazing. And so most of the sales were just to like friends and family of the person and not to really many strangers because as a stranger, I'm going to look at the price and then I'm also going to be like, I don't even know who this person is. I don't know much about them. I could just go on Amazon mm-hmm. or Barnes and Noble, or I can go to my local bookstore and get a book comparably, comparably similar price or there cheap, we go. <laughs> cheaper <laughs> word of the week. Comparable. Is that the word? Okay. Yeah. I mean, and another option is to put your stuff on Amazon. Yeah, that's true. You're selling a book, put it on Amazon or, you know, figure. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can't tell you exactly how to do that, but I know you can do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not super difficult from what I, I've done it at least once or twice. It's not super difficult. Oh, okay. And that's what I was going to say. One of the other things I would bring up is at this day and age, uh, again, if you don't, if you don't have a lot of people coming to your site, do you really need your own e-commerce? Because if you can yeah. sell, I mean, have your own website, yeah, yeah. but you can sell that stuff. Yeah, elsewhere. if you can sell elsewhere <laughs> and still be legit and make money, then it's more convenient. Because I've talked to people who like wanted to have a podcast but didn't even think about putting it on iTunes, and it's like, well, everybody mm-hmm. or selling an MP3. So yeah, that's another example. This guy was trying to sell an MP3 of some music, like directly from his site, not on iTunes, yeah. nowhere else, just directly on his site. I'm selling this music, and it's like, no. No one is going to find it. Like people will find it if they find your site, but you got to put it in where more people are just like hosting videos directly on your site. You put that on YouTube, put your music on iTunes because that's where everyone else is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and find other ways to make people come to your site. Yeah. Because all those things, they allow you to embed it on your site. So it's there, but yeah, you want to, you know, you, you know, just like if you were at a, festival or something like that or a convention and you had a table it's like you know <laughs> you don't want to be out you know up the street when everybody's at the convention yeah. no matter how good your stuff is people might not yeah. find that find it yeah they don't know it's there so i mean you know thankfully with the internet nowadays you can be where the people are so and it's totally up to you how much exposure you get yeah. <laughs> you know so so uh i guess the other part of e-commerce is obviously how you get your money um typically how for the e-commerce stuff you've done are most people just using paypal or what um paypal's the easiest 
Um, I will say that I like using PayPal on websites personally, yeah. just, you know, as a consumer because I'm lazy and I don't feel like, I mean, I know back in the day you had to set up accounts at everybody's website and I don't want to set up an account at your website. I'm sorry. Not nowadays where I can easily pay with mm. PayPal. I mean, if I have to, I'll do it, but you know, you have to be reputable. <laughs> Otherwise everybody else seems to take PayPal or something like that. Something equivalent. Um, which I think works great. You need to have that option. So for people that, you know, you just want to do something quick. I don't want to, especially when you're on your phone and all that kind of stuff. It just doesn't seem, I hate, I don't want to enter my credit card information on the phone. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. I've, for most of the stuff I've done, it's been PayPal. A few have done like a regular credit card processor with a merchant account and all that stuff. But, uh, one interesting thing, I, so I was working with one person, and I explained to them how PayPal works, all that stuff. They apparently weren't listening, but uh, they they didn't know what PayPal. They knew about it, but they didn't know about like the the fees and everything. Oh. So they sold some stuff, and basic their profit margin wasn't big enough. So they sold some stuff. They were like, "Woo, I'm gonna get all this money." And then they saw the fees come out, and they withdrew the money, took it, got it to their bank, and then they called me upset, like. They took like half my money. Well, it wasn't half their money, but you know, it was a percentage of their money was taken by, by the processing fees or whatever. They were upset at, upset at me. Mm. I'm like, well, that's how PayPal works. See my emails, <laughs> because um, yeah, you're using their tool that they yeah. built. I mean, it's you know, it's only right that they they can charge you for making the tool, and I mean that's normal. I mean, it's not. I mean, credit cards charge you too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, when you do credit card <laughs> processing on a site, it's not it's. So that's one of the things also, so I keep coming up with more things that, to be bear in mind when you join e-commerce, but if you want to do credit card processing, you better have enough sales to justify it because it's not that cheap. Yeah. I mean, some places are cheaper than others, um, but last time I looked at it, which was a while back, it's not that cheap. And so if you're only making maybe $10 a month or something like that, it's not worth it. You might as well do PayPal. Because you're you're gonna lose. Yeah. If you go a month without selling anything, you're losing money. Yeah, I mean, and you can. I mean, I guess depending on what you're selling. If you have like an Etsy shop or something like that, then they, you know, or you're using a, another site, equivalent site or something like that, they're gonna handle some of that mm -hmm. stuff because they do it for everybody. So it's not a big deal to them because of the volume that they do. But yeah, if it's like for you individually, then yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Um, what kind of tools do you usually use when you're doing e-commerce for people? Do you build your own stuff or do you just use like PayPal buttons or what? Um, recent, I mean, cause I haven't done any huge sites or like e-commerce sites or anybody. Um, a lot of people I've dealt with, it's a smaller stuff and like those, the one lady, she's doing fashion, but her stuff is on Etsy. So she's just using that. So it's just a matter of embedding mm -hmm. it in the site. Um, I mean, I've set it up for some other people, but there were different tools and different plugins I used through WordPress to set them up. Um, I don't have like a specific one because honestly, I'm in the process of trying to find one that works properly <laughs> <laughs> for what I'm trying to do because um, they want to use PayPal and everything. And just, I don't know, we're trying to find something that, you know, I don't know, something that works properly. So, um, I mean, I'm more recently I'm going to be working with somebody with um, customizing a Shopify site, but that's honestly like she already has it and I'm just customizing it. So, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I can suggest some things, some extra tools you can use if you want to try out, you know, e-commerce without actually building the whole thing into your site. Like, I mean, you got Etsy, you got Threadless, you got Zazzle, you got, um, there's another uh, one. There. Shopify, <laughs> Big Cartel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of them. And a lot, most of them, yeah, I'd say, like, so if you're in, interested in setting up e-commerce, I think I would consider one of those uh, first. Depending yeah, on what well, you're selling. Yeah, if yeah. you got some massive multilateral scheme or something, then don't do that. But um, Magento, or yeah, I think it's Magento is one I've used. That's yeah. more robust. It's for larger scale stuff, but it's it's nice. Uh, in WordPress, I've used WooCommerce, and then there's some other there's some other ones, but WooCommerce is probably the best one I've used because it's got a lot of uh, add-ons and stuff. It crashed the last site I put on. Okay, well, maybe it's not the best, <laughs> but it, I like it. Yeah, I don't know. Some of the plugin crashed the site, and I had to remove it. So, but yeah, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> uh, I've used some other ones like in Joomla and stuff like that, but that's been years ago. But um, yeah, there's tons of tools out there, um, so you don't have to be worried. And, and a lot of them will handle most of what you need to handle. But I think uh, from a, uh, a site owner perspective. You just have to be flexible, and you—I you, I would say—do as much research as you can before you settle in on a, pl- a platform or a plugin or whatever you're going to use, because some of them, like once you put in the time to get it set up and running, you, you, it's kind of counterproductive to move to a different tool at some point. So, because yeah, it's an investment of time and yeah. probably money. Yeah, so time. definitely evaluate what you're going into and plan ahead, like. Right now, I don't want to offer coupon codes or offer bundle uh, product bundles or anything like that. But do I ever want to? Because if I ever want to, I might want to consider something that can do that or like tiered shipping and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then communicate that. So what would you say, what would your advice be to a developer who's doing e-commerce solutions and working with a client? What do you mean? <laughs> or what they should tell them or like what they should use? What, or... I don't know. So like assume the client has everything. They know what they want and everything. What would you advise? Not not in terms of what you should use, but just like overall strategy. Um, find out if they intend on entering all of the products <laughs> themselves. Well, yeah, that's important. <laughs> I've gotten bitten by that. If not, then you're going to need to raise that price. And if not, then, you know, if they're entering this stuff, I mean, because, you know, yeah, you need to find out what they expect yeah. you to do. <laughs> well, I, I worked with somebody That's... and they wanted an e-commerce site because they were like some kind of wholesale things. They could get a, they got like an Excel or a CSV file of all this stuff, prices and everything. And they wanted to import that into some kind of shopping cart to sell it. And they were just basically middlemen for some wholesaler or something. I don't know the details, but it, it seemed kind of shady. But they sent me the information, and I was like, it was just a mess. It wasn't organized. I couldn't figure out what each of the fields were. So I told them, I can't help you. They were upset. I don't know why, because they didn't pay pay me anything. But it was one of those situations where they didn't have everything together. And I, I just didn't have the time or the technical know-how at the time to figure out what their mess was um so that i guess i agree with what you're saying but i think one of my main 
things I would recommend to like a designer or developer who's doing e-commerce or somebody is um, make sure, like obviously make sure they have everything they could possibly need and also make sure that they, you talk to them about what their future plans are in terms of growth or offering different things and stuff like that. And then you need um, basically find out if they're serious or not. Well, the other thing would be <laughs> really... like what level of integration they want. Cause that'll help determine like what tool you use. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do they want to build And by that? You mean, do they want to build a whole site and like something like Shopify or they just want to embed something in the WordPress site or something like that. But yeah. you gotta, I don't know. You, you really got to find out if they're about that life or not yeah. really. Or they just, or, you know, testing the water before you jump in there. Cause you're going to, it's going to be some late night and you're entering their, you know, 18th, T-shirt. Well, the good thing is that some tools like the import and export <laughs> stuff, but again, that's what I was talking about earlier. Everybody's got their own proprietary stuff, so some tools is pretty easy to import and export in. But if the person doesn't have their stuff together in a spreadsheet or something easily importable, then it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people, especially if they're serious, they. Usually, a lot of times when you have a tool already, if they're you got some level of success, they're already using some kind of tool. They're already out there selling stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, if it's somebody new, then yeah, you get as much information as possible so you can know how much to charge and find out if they're really serious and if you actually even want to um, get in the boat with them. So <laughs> it's gonna be a long ride. <laughs> yep. Okay, so as a developer, I think the other thing that it's important to understand from your, like, even if you're not, if you were planning on working with people that might want e-commerce and stuff like that, I think it's important to understand um, the security issues and then also other tools that you can, like, features that people might want in their shopping cart. Um. Mm. Because like a lot of sites you go to nowadays, like I bought something from J. Crew, like a month or two ago, but they wanted me to sign into the site in order to check out. You could sign out, you can check out as a guest, but if you check out as a guest and they don't uh, let you track it on their site or something, there's some downside to not checking out as a guest. But anyway, like a lot of that functionality, people are somewhat starting to expect on their regular, I just have a WordPress site and I want to sell t-shirts or I want to sell whatever on my site. Um, so it's good to be kind of familiar with how shopping experience goes. And then you also want to make sure that whatever you set up gives people a good experience where it's, they feel comfortable and they're not like gaunt being taken to some weird page to check out and stuff like that. Because that's the, um, that's one of the yeah. biggest drawbacks I feel well, one, it was one of the biggest drawbacks. It's not as big anymore, but back in the day when I used to do stuff with PayPal for people, they felt like weird because you're on a site, everything looks great, and you click a button and it suddenly takes you somewhere else to, and it's asking for your credit card information. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I am and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, now people are now more accustomed now to people it. Know it. But that's yeah. one of those things you got to think about. And um, again, like knowing your audience, you could say, I only serve like the 70 plus community. So I probably need to just accept credit cards the traditional way, maybe have PayPal there as well, but I need to have a traditional way for them to check out 
if they're not comfortable with PayPal? <laughs> Something 70-year-olds <laughs> are used to from their oh. youth. <laughs> what did they use to check out on the Internet? When they were young. Checks? Can I mail you a check? <laughs> they wrote checks. So they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, that's that's important. I mean, cause I, I know people, are, like I was saying, I mean, some people just don't feel like going through the process of something else. They don't use PayPal or mm. it's just a security thing. They don't feel like putting, making an account on your store, you know, a separate one, putting all their information in. So yeah. the only other, go ahead. I mean, and you, oh, no, I was just saying, I mean, and it goes like you were saying, it's like all c- controlling the whole experience around the site. Also, as a developer or somebody who's working with a developer, you need to make sure that it doesn't feel weird when they click a button and they feel lost. Like you need to make sure that link opens in a new window or something like that. Or, you know, just, you know, they have a way back to the site. So if it does take them away, it yeah. brings them right back. And you can do all that through PayPal if you know what you're doing. If you just use the basic PayPal button, it's not going to do that as well. But if you yeah. actually use like PayPal Payments Pro or whatever it's called, you can actually, and or you use their API, whatever, you can actually have it bring you back to the site when you're done and stuff like that. The other thing I was going to mention yeah. that I just seem to have forgotten. Uh, oh, some of these, so that's again goes back to, we keep going back to the same thing, it seems like, but the, um, if you're starting, if you already have a site and you need a store, some of the tools that we've talked about before offer a certain level of integration, but in order to have the best user experience, it should be somewhat fully integrated where, you know, the menu and everything looks the same. Cause I've seen some people that have like a, they have their website and there's a link that says shop and it takes you to a Shopify site or to a big cartel site or something like that. Mm. That looks it's somewhat similar, maybe the same color, but it, you could tell you left their site and you can't easily get back. And so that's where you can either get a tool that fully integrates with your, you know, content management system, or you can um, work with the developer to fully integrate it so that it looks basically seamless. Like your website looks just like your Shopify site or, you know, vice versa. So that it's not like, it's not obvious that you went to a new site. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had people do both ways. Where <laughs> I mean, if they had a site and they grew into a shop, yeah. or they had a shop and then they felt they needed to have a blog or something else with it, and then it's like, yeah. well, I can't do that in this cart tool, so now we're gonna have to set up something else and make it look the same. And it's not that cheap, and then yeah, yeah. See, I mean, on my art website, I mean, I have my Etsy embedded in there. I mean, it's not fully integrated. I mean, I don't know if that's something that's turning people off from it or honestly, I haven't checked the SEO in a while, but <laughs> I don't know if there's something that turns people off or not. It just being embedded like that or if I need to actually, you know, fully integrate it into the site. I haven't made the decision yet um, is, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I just haven't decided yet. One other, uh, I guess, a topic I would say that people need to uh, remain cognizant of cognizant of is inventory for physical goods for non-physical stuff who cares but for physical stuff inventory because mm-hmm. um, 
I've worked with someone who was not tracking their inventory. Well, okay, it's a combination of things. It's inventory. That's that's one issue, but the other issue is like the person's level of uh, technical technical savviness or technical ability, <laughs> and then the person's uh, willingness to manage their <laughs> own shop. Because I've had I've worked with some people mm-hmm. that, so they they weren't so like let's say I set up a shop and they're selling cups, um, the person. I thought they were, I gave them information, gave them instructions, gave them training on how to manage their own shop. So they could go in, they could adjust inventory levels, they could see what orders were coming in, they could fulfill those orders, they could update order status when stuff was shipped, all that type of stuff. But they weren't doing that properly. Mm -hmm. So when things would go out of stock, they were emailing me like, hey, 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 uh, quickly, can you do this right now and uh, put this thing as zero in stock? And I'm like, no, I'm at the park with my daughters, I'm not doing that. And so there's two issues there. Obviously, you got to manage your inventory. This you can there are tools that you can allow the site to manage the inventory for you. So you say I got 10 cups I'm selling and it'll automatically count down and it'll put a warning up there and it will stop selling the thing when it runs out of stock. Um but also as the shop owner, you have to take some responsibility and run your own shop. Uh cuz like your developer shouldn't be doing that for you unless you're paying them to do it. I'm, they don't want to do that. No, I can assure you they don't want to. Do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, no, that's. Weird. I mean, what were they using to do that? So that was all, mostly that was done in um, WordPress. Um, so oh, okay. there were there, all the functionality was there. They just were unwilling to log into their site and manage their own content, or just lazy or whatever. You know, whatever the issue was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean once again, that's something that you gotta consider. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have to call somebody every time something sells and they end up with like a shortage. I mean that makes me think of. Um, I mean, I guess it has to do with e-commerce, but all these people with uh, Instagram boutiques. Um. Is well, I I guess it wasn't a boutique. My my fiance ordered like a bunch of hair care stuff from someone. It's happened twice. She ordered her stuff. They were, while they're having a sale, and then it took them like almost a month to ship it out because they were like, "Oh, we didn't, we couldn't handle the inventory, so we couldn't, you know, everything was late." And it's like, "Why did you have a sale, <laughs> and then not have the inventory to back it up? Like, why would you do that?" Yeah. Well, I guess it that's just, that's another part of planning. You got to make sure you're, you you can handle your your solution can scale if necessary, and you can yeah. handle whatever it throws at you because stuff can like you can blow up, you can go viral or something. Yeah, I mean, because I'm not sure exactly how these other people are selling stuff. I mean, it just seems like, here, just go to this link, this weird random link. It's a shop, I guess, but I don't know. It... So I saw I saw this one person on Instagram. She may or may not have been an Instagram uh, a thoughtrepreneur, but mm-hmm. she was like, I guess, selling clothes or something. And so she would say, you know, to get this shirt that I have on or whatever, email this email address. Yeah, that's sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why would anyone buy anything no. from you? Well, I gotta email um, you to order. Like, that doesn't even make that's sense. That's too many steps. No, I'm not gonna email you. Just give me a link, if anything. If I don't, if I can't find a link in your bio, I don't want to do it. Yeah. 
<laughs> and even that, I mean, the, from the standpoint of Instagram, I mean, I, I mean, I guess there's a reason why they don't allow links, but it's already complicated to get people like, okay, well, you got to go to the link in my bio to click this. And, yeah, that's uh, already more steps <laughs> than I'm willing to take. Well, I guess that brings us to another point. Uh, as a designer, developer, and as a shop owner, you want to do whatever you can to remove barriers between the person wanting to buy and their ability to give you money. Like, if someone's trying to hand me money, I'm not going to, like, run away from them. I'm not going to put, like, bricks in the way or, you know, close the door so they can't come through or whatever. But uh, sometimes it could be technology that's putting barriers in the way, like we talked about Instagram, or it could just be, like, your stupid ideas as a shop owner that put barriers in the way of people trying to buy from you. So... Mm whatever you can do to remove those barriers like we talked about uh, multiple payment processors so they can use PayPal or they can use, enter their credit card directly um, well security like you, if you're doing a credit card oh, yeah. like, you better have an SSL on there because otherwise people are going to yeah. get scared and leave some people yeah some people some people <laughs> will give some. you their credit card and yeah give it to, to yeah. the Russians or whoever else as well yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you should just do that as a courtesy because you don't want that to come back on you. <laughs> yeah. What are some what other kind of barriers that you've seen people self-imposed um, barriers? I mean, well, I mean, like I was mentioning, like you know, just not describing your product. Like I don't understand how this, you know, talk about t-shirts all the time, but or clothes or you know, depending on what it is, it's like if you don't understand how it fits. You don't describe it properly. You know, <laughs> what is it made of? You know, really give me, you know, tell me what it is, you know? Yeah. Especially if it's not just a t-shirt. If it's something else, I need to know it because, you know, there's gambles you need to take. I know with women's clothes, I mean, it's a real gamble, like, depending on what it is, like buying pants or something like that. Like, unless you're like, you know, a classically shaped, uh, classic American as they would say um, I, I know what you mean I'm reading between the lines okay yes. there we go um, <laughs> you're going to have some problems yeah maybe yeah I've been to shirt <laughs> I've, I've, I guess we both spend a lot of time shopping for shirts or something I don't know but I've bought uh, I've looked at some t-shirts online and unless like if they say like it's a American apparel shirt I kind of know how those fit because I think I have one or two um, but if they don't say then sometimes I want measurements. Well, especially like I buy, I bought like suits and like dress shirts and stuff mm -hmm. online. And I want those to fit well. I don't want it to be yeah. all like baggy flapping in the wind, like Oprah's arms or, or star Jones arms or something like that. So, um, wow. Yeah. So wizard's throat. <laughs> <laughs> so measurements, like what the shirt is made out of, like that type of stuff is important. And I think, there's been times when I've not seen that information and I chose not to buy, and that was, you know, it's a loss for the the store owner that they could have yeah. easily fixed if they said, especially, yeah. wrote a short like it's a cotton shirt, it's a hundred percent polyester shirt I got from Walmart on sale. Yeah, especially if it's a higher price thing. But I, I feel like even if you're selling something that's not higher price, people are going to appreciate the thought that you put into describing it. They're gonna they're gonna equate that with the quality of the product. Yeah. 
even if it's not like high. But, I mean, give me everything, you know, give me everything. Yeah. Tell me everything about it, you know? You want to buy something off the internet, I've never seen it before. I mean, you can reduce the amount of returns you have if you do it properly, and that saves you money in the long run. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's the one that mainly comes to mind. I mean, um, yeah, because if you look at like car websites, they have a ton of information out there about these cars that they're going to charge you, you know, 60 or 30, $40,000 for. I don't know how much cars cost. I don't buy new cars. But um, there you have a ton of information on their site. They got videos, they got. Um, a bunch of pictures you can read all the text and the, yeah. the specifications and stuff like that so whatever you're selling if you provide as much information as possible that helps and then that made me think what you were yeah. saying made me also think of uh like on a car website again they don't just have a stock photo of the side the top and the back and front of the car they have the car like driving down a, a mountain pass with some snow in the background yeah. and it's an SUV and it's like some generic white people driving or whatever. And so <laughs> Yeah. It all <laughs> it all creates an image. Yeah. And it's like a it's a it's a lifestyle thing. Yeah. I mean I think that's the thing that people are buying into more yeah. now. It's um they wanna you give them a feeling of what you you know. Yeah. If you buy this T-shirt, you might drive a Volkswagen and have lots of tattoos and a long beard or something like that. Yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever other variation. Or at least it's inspired to. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. It's, you're selling a lifestyle, and so I think that's important too. And of course, like you talked about for women's clothes, I think it matters for men's clothes too. But everybody aspires to something, so. Yeah. Especially if you're selling stuff that are these are not essential goods. Yeah. People are gonna live without your stuff. They don't need your t shirt, honestly. So I mean you gotta you know, really if you really wanted to move, you need to place it in the right place yeah. and show them the environment that it would be in so that they can feel like, Oh, okay. Yeah, like well for clothes <laughs> I think it's important to show oh, well the t shirt is simple, but anything like that, it's nice to see, okay, how's this gonna go with an outfit or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was talking to a new client recently, and one thing she said was important to her and the clothes that she makes, because she does fashion too, is that um, one of the things that she likes, that she works into her product is that they're, um, people can do, you know, move around in them. They're not just like stiff, you know, clothes or whatever. You can move, you can wash and stuff like that. And that's part, and she was thinking about like including like a video in like for her products and like I was I hadn't thought about that before but I was like that's a great idea because you know if that's what you're pushing then that's what people can understand more so than a picture because in a picture because things can be all pinned up and all kinds of sitting perfectly yeah. um, but that's not actually how it would look like um think like a way a lot of clothes are displayed on the internet now they're like looks like they're laid on you know him some hipsters floor yeah Hardwood, hardwood floor, floor like per- perfectly i mean i do that too but um perfectly like creased and everything but like that's not the way that those clothes are going to look when you actually put them on yeah it's honestly it's, there's a lot of deception in that in terms of they'll lay it down there and then they'll take pictures of it but whoever's wearing it they pinned it up or they modeled they uh tailored it to fit the model and it probably will fit them better than yeah. whatever you or whatever but you know that's that's understandable yeah. that's marketing yeah, I mean, but you know, there's there there may be some errors there. You need to, I think, you need to think about it before you just go start laying all your stuff on the on the hardwood floor. Like, really think about like, is this what's gonna 
be important to who I'm trying to market yeah. to. Is I mean I know I mean in like like for women I mean it's not not to speak for women but figure we're two guys let's speak <laughs> for women but um, <laughs> we've been doing it for so many You're years dude I'm a dude let's 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 speak for women yeah works out great but uh, I mean you know they I mean they be shaped different out here so I mean you gotta you know yeah I think measurements and all that stuff. well I, again it's like what information would you want before you would buy this item and provide that. And then some, because yeah. again, it's like a it's a barrier, and not everybody's gonna make the effort to contact you to find out the answer to that question. Because yeah. there's, I mean, there's stuff I've wanted, oh, okay. and I didn't see the information I wanted, and so I went and found an alternative. I didn't even bother to ask, yeah. and it might have been the perfect thing, but I didn't bother to ask because they just didn't have it ready for me. I mean, like like with shoes. I mean, I want to know how other people say it fits yeah. before I buy it online. I buy most of my shoes online, but you know, I want to see the reviews. I mean, I watch random people on YouTube talking about shoes and stuff like that for no good reason, just so I know for sure, you know, before I get into it, before I spend the money. I mean, I don't want to return it. None of you can always do that, but I don't want to go through that yeah. trouble. I just want to know it fits and how it feels and everything. And so, I mean, the more information you can give me, the better me, because I know like bigger sites, I mean, they, they have the product reviews right there on the, under the product. Yeah. So, you know, right off the bat, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is something I like. Yeah. That's that's important, and a lot of that, basically all the stuff you mentioned, but a lot of those are available. You can add those into a shopping cart tool, one way or another, mm-hmm. so that you know people get all every like you want to make people feel comfortable, and that goes to yeah. the design and the checkout process, and the cart process, but it also goes to the information on the page and the pictures and all that type of stuff. I mean, like we've talked about in the past, I don't like to always talk about race, but if you're selling to an audience that's mostly white, don't have a bunch of black people on your site modeling your stuff. Like, <laughs> what if they have a lot of? Well, black you can have some. So I feel bad saying that, <laughs> but you—if you look at the internet, you see that's exactly what people do. They don't—they market to who most of their audience is. Well, it's not. Well, I mean, because sometimes it's not always about race. Yeah. I mean, it's. Um, it's about socioeconomic status. Sometimes it. Or. Or what you're into. Yeah. I mean, you know, like people can tell. Like, I'm trying to give an example. Like, if you're selling tattoo t-shirts, tattoo I don't know. T-shirts. That's a bad example. Yeah. Okay, I so yeah, I got right. a, a catalog oh. today <laughs> in the mail from Lands End. Uh, yeah. I bought something from them like two or three years ago, and they continued to send me stuff. But in that catalog, right. it's most. It's not that many younger people. Like. Maybe some of them might be my age, but not that, you know, you're not going to catch any young hipster looking people in a Land's End catalog. You're going to get some token black yeah. people. You're not going to get any, or, <laughs> no Muslim people in there. Um, and then most of the settings for like the, uh, for um, like the photos and everything, if they have an outdoor setting, it seems like it's a more East Coast, Northern yeah. setting because it's more of that type of brand. And that's what I'm saying. Like they know yeah. who buys their stuff, and so they're marketing towards those people. Oh, perfect example! Like recently, I saw a Timberland commercial, and like you know, for the classic Tims, and like it actually showed people like DJs and stuff like that. It was like they finally oh, figured wow. out the only people that buy these are people in New York that are not <laughs> it's not people in New York only but you know, not it's, just it's, people in New York but you know what I mean it's not 
whatever. I don't know what those were originally built for, but that's not what they're using. They were originally like real work boots. Okay. Well, the commercial was like showing them in a variety of situations. And one was like a DJ and like all kinds of random people doing different stuff that, mm. you know, so it's like they figured out who their market was and like, okay, wait, wait. I mean, it seems a little late, but they figured out like, okay, let's not. <laughs> was it not alienate anybody? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's the key. You don't want to alienate anybody. Um, whether it be someone who's not technically sound or just someone who doesn't see someone who looks like themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you gotta, I mean, there's a reason why they use basketball players to sell basketball shoes. <laughs> yeah. It seems obvious at first, but when you think about it, a lot of people don't, don't even do that. Yeah. Don't even try that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so, any closing thoughts on e-commerce and planning e-commerce sites and working with e-commerce people? Um, I would say, I mean, if you're thinking about going into it, I mean, really think about, I mean, really consider if you're really about that life, and if you are, you know, find the find a good product, or you know, try one of the free tools like Etsy or something else to know what you're doing. Um, just just to start off and get your feet wet and get in the process of getting find out what works and learn how to do descriptions and all that kind of stuff because they force you to do that. Um, and then, I mean, also, you know, while you don't have a lot of product, do as much as you can as far as we're talking about description and, like, you know, pictures and everything. Go all out on that, especially if you're new because people are going to – that will keep people around if they feel like they have a feeling. If you got, like, hundreds and hundreds of products, then, yeah, I know you can't don't have time to do that. But, you know, that's after you've already built yourself up to that point and you have a audience. Um, and, um, you know, just, just, you know, keep in mind that just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean that people are going to find it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a future episode, we could probably talk about all of the stuff you have to do in terms of or things our suggestions for in terms of marketing and promoting once you have your store up. Yeah. But I guess my final thoughts, kind of along the lines of what you said, uh, plan and research as much as you can so that you know what's available, what's possible, what will and will not work. Ask questions, even if, like, I, I would almost prefer to, like, do consultation work with someone before I open, you know, any development software. I'd rather sit down and talk to you about what your goals are what you want to do, you know, how you plan for this to work, all that type of stuff instead of doing the development work. Cause the more we talk and you get a better understanding, then I can kind of help guide you to the right way. So if you're planning on do this, definitely. If you're not using, um, if you're not in a position where you can go with one of the simple free tools or whatever, for whatever reason, then definitely get in touch with the web designer developer, someone who knows how to do this stuff that can at least give you some guidance or some advice and, you know, ask more people, if you have questions, you can contact us and we'll try and answer your questions as well. But I think that will save you a lot of time because a lot of the people I've worked with and a lot of trouble we've run into, like people running out of inventory, people not having all their products and descriptions ready, people not understanding how payment processes work and shipping and all that type of stuff. If we had had more conversations and spent more time discussing things before getting rushing into the project, I feel like uh, a lot of these some of them would never have happened, which would yeah. save me some time. And then some of them would have turned out so much better because the expectations would have been correct. Mm -hmm. So some of it's obviously, you know, our fault as developers, 
we have to make sure we're asking the right questions and gathering the right information before we start. But also, I think as a store owner who actually wants to be successful or make at least some, at least get break even, then you've got to do your, you know, your own due diligence and make yeah. sure you understand what you're getting into. And there's plenty of articles on the web out there about this stuff. Yeah. Measure twice, cut once. Okay, I was like, "Did he say that right?" I thought it was cut twice, measure once. No, that's wrong. But apparently, wrong. I'm confused. No, I mean, <laughs> clearly, you've been doing it wrong. <laughs> I mean, I just go with the advice. Uh, you need to cut it. <laughs> they were playing that on NPR the other day. We were talking Sometimes... about the GOP budget proposal. <laughs> that was. I was like, "Wow, that's." I like NPR. It's, <laughs> it's really funny when you hear like those like reporters on there and they're playing like rap music and it's just weird yeah it's like wait it just are they playing because they, they weren't playing the lyrics but if you you know for somebody that didn't know they didn't know but if you knew you're like i know i see what you did there <laughs> <laughs> well uh that's it for this week uh in our next podcast uh I don't know what we'll be talking about, but we're probably going to bring back the uh, TV and Netflix segment because I've been watching stuff on Netflix mm. and I want to talk about it. Right. Um, <laughs> so be sure to tune in next time. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Alien Muffin, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast, the IC, IC Pixels podcast on TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Google Play, <laughs> and probably somewhere else. MySpace. Uh, please do not look for us on MySpace. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we're out. <laughs>